The prohibition of alcohol in the United States lasted from 1920 to 1933 and was arguably one of the most unsuccessful social experiments in American history. Despite its noble intentions, prohibition had a number of negative effects on society that made it difficult for people to abide by these restrictions. From increased crime rates to widespread corruption, prohibition ultimately failed because it could not account for human nature and our tendency to find ways around rules we don't agree with. In today's episode of True Crime Sleep Stories, we will explore why prohibition did not work and how it shaped our current attitudes toward alcohol consumption in America today. My name is Arthur, and I'm your host for today's episode. So, be sure to get very comfortable. Pour yourself a hot toddy. Because hey, it's legal now. Snuggle in and get ready for a bedtime story. But first, if you have not yet subscribed to the YouTube channel, Please go ahead and do that first. I'll be waiting right here when you get back. When the United States adopted alcohol prohibition in 1920, it was expected to reduce crime and improve public health. Our government wanted America to be seen as a more pious nation, and eliminating alcohol would help to improve the US's reputation. However, this expectation was far from reality. Rather than reduce the negative effects, Prohibition had the opposite effect, causing an increase in criminal activity, poverty, and illness. After Prohibition was enacted, people continued to illegally manufacture, distribute, and consume alcohol behind closed doors. Consumption of alcohol initially decreased, but that didn't last long. And this was bad, because suddenly consuming alcohol was risky business. Illicit brewing and bootlegging operations grew exponentially, leading to an increase in people getting sick off of bad booze, due to unregulated production processes. During this period there were numerous cases of poisoning caused by contaminated drinks. Some reports state that there were over 10,000 fatalities from this poisoning, and many more people were blinded from the effects of methanol poisoning. Many drinkers switched to other substances such as opium, marijuana, cocaine, and potent medicines that they would have been unlikely to encounter had it not been for prohibition. Another way in which alcohol could be obtained was through a medical prescription. Though there were limits to how much a doctor could prescribe, this access to alcoholic drinks, intended for medical purposes, was heavily abused. Basically, licensed physicians could prescribe alcohol in restricted quantities for medical purposes. During this time, the Bureau of Prohibition issued these permits to 64,000 physicians, but only revoked around 170 licenses per year. And with all the enforcement problems that the government faced, they were unable to keep up with the thousands of prescriptions doctors wrote every day. Doctors were constantly pressured to prescribe liquor, and the limited enforcement meant they didn't have to worry about consequences. There were massive job losses that prohibition caused, and the ramifications trickled down as a result. Prohibition forced the shutdown of over 200 distilleries, 1,000 breweries, and over 170,000 liquor stores. On top of that, performance venues, theaters, and clubs that sold alcohol, took hits, as they lost customers who could no longer drink in these places. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This caused a huge blow to the economy as the tax revenue for alcohol in the year 1914 alone, a few years before Prohibition, was an estimated $226 million. So, Prohibition removed a significant source of tax revenue while increasing government spending. When people are poor and unemployed in a terrible economy, they want two things. To find a way to make money, and they want to drink. Enter an increase in crime related to illegal activities such as bootlegging, theft, extortion, bribery and even murder. Bootleggers were able to sell alcohol completely untaxed as their alcohol production was kept hidden from the United States government. Because of the outrage of people toward the banning of liquor, many were more than willing to buy illegally. Various secret venues and clubs formed around the country. Crime syndicates used this opportunity to spread their influence. As they continued to produce and sell alcohol, the government poured millions of dollars into the Bureau of Prohibition to increase enforcement. The agency was much too small to handle the rapid growth in crime. This put a strain on the court and prison systems. Corruption of public officials was rampant. The term organized crime itself was literally born out of prohibition. Sure, before prohibition there were street thugs and petty criminals, but nothing like what the mobsters were able to achieve. Organized crime bosses hired lawyers, and learned about how to run a business. The mob was able to protect illegal speakeasies and bootlegging locations from prosecution, and they'd pay politicians to look the other way. Each gang had their own territory. Bosses like Charles Lucky Luciano, Johnny Torrio, and Al Capone were big names in the bootlegging industry. Italian, Polish, and Irish-run bootlegging operations in various parts of the U.S. battled and compromised at the same time to keep America fueled with wine, liquor and spirits. But by the late 1920s, it was an all-out turf war. In the infamous St. Valentine's Day Massacre of 1929, Al Capone's men dressed as police officers and gunned down seven of the rival gang's henchmen. The demand for illegal booze was so great during the Prohibition, that kingpins like Al Capone were pulling in as much as $100 million a year in the mid-1920s. This is equivalent to $1.4 billion now. Gangsters also spent half a million dollars a month in bribes to police, politicians and federal investigators. With so much illegal cash being thrown around, money laundering was born. By the 1930s, America had had enough. On December 5, 1933, the 21st Amendment was ratified by President Franklin D. Roosevelt. The 21st Amendment repealed the 18th Amendment of 1919, finally ending the unpopular nationwide prohibition of alcohol. But not every state in the U.S. supported the end of prohibition. North and South Carolina rejected the 21st Amendment. They wanted to keep America dry. And Mississippi also rejected it, and they didn't end its own version of prohibition until 1966. As of 2004, half of Mississippi's counties were still dry. Today, there are 17 states that don't allow any of their counties to be dry. On December 5, 1933, 
The first team of Budweiser Clydesdales was sent to the White House to give President Roosevelt a ceremonial case of beer. Thank you for listening to True Crime Sleep Stories. Please be sure to like and subscribe to our channel for more true crime content. Until next time, good night and sleep tight.